0: Welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. We have been talking about uh, in this uh, week the importance of higher education in rural areas. And we've already talked about colleges and universities that are uh, shedding majors. We're talking about colleges and universities that have actually gone as far as shutting down. And we've talked about the declines in in transfer rates. And... (sighs) it all sounds very negative. And, and certainly uh, there are some alarm bells that are, are out there ringing, but there are also some solutions to help solve some of these problems. And one of the, the things that we've talked about at great length in the past is guided pathways. And when we've talked about guided pathways, we've heavily focused on guided pathways at the two-year level. But really, this is something that uh, has worked well at the two-year level, and I think Zahi could be adapted to the four-year level too.
1: I think so. I agree with you. I think it's not just – I think it's a framework. I think it's a set of best business practices, and I think it would work for private and public, large and small, two- and four-year um I I wholeheartedly agree with you. And it comes with a set of, you know, a a variety of tools that put together gets you moving forward in the direction that you would like. Um, I think at the two-year level, the, the focus on opening the gates for people to access higher education and empowering them and supporting them when they're there through co-requisite remediation uh, in English and math in particular, but also all of the wraparound and and educational support services that we've talked about on numerous occasions can be taken to the next level of the regional and the non-selective universities and to support them. And I would contend perhaps some of the Uh, research-intensive universities might benefit greatly from them. And then we go back to modalities and schedules. If there isn't anything else that we could learn from over in the last decade is is observing the private for-profit and their ascendance, their growth.
0: And, you know, to some extent, especially with the, the modalities and schedules, um, I could see at, at a four-year level having that, that variety um, and, and having the, the different options uh, you know especially when it comes to scheduling almost easier at the four-year level where you probably have many more people to work with, many more professors available um, you know whereas at a, a two-year college, you may only have a couple of people that are teaching in your, uh, you know, major areas. So offering classes with a variety of different schedules becomes harder. But now if you're at that four year level, you probably have a larger department and offering a, a wider schedule may be easier.
1: I agree. I agree. However, in four-year, and especially in the um, research intensive, you've got some conflicting um, divergences. For example, in the College of Agriculture, you have teaching uh, uh, appointments, you've got research appointments, and you've got extension appointments. And some people have a combo of those. Some people are, you know, very few are lecturers solely So many are are more on the research, more heavily on the research. So then you end up with situations where the individual isn't teaching multiple classes every term. In some cases, in many cases, at least in the discipline I worked in, uh, people could be teaching a class every X number of semesters, a class. And then you have the teaching assistants. So, as you said, there are opportunities to rethink the mode the mode of operation. However, as you always say, how do you turn a ship that is this massive in such a tight quarter, especially when you've already contracted with people that are you know that are into their careers i mean how how do you modulate those things that are that are m- massive undertakings and how do you do it without affecting them, their lives, and as well as the students, the students' lives and the students' success opportunities. Those are not necessarily easy. This is why I'm talking personally in my head, I'm talking myself into a framework and into um, opportunities for optimizing Uh, because a little bit of optimization when you add it up can be a significant change over uh, maybe not decades, but over a few years.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you're exactly right in that change takes time. Uh, You know, this isn't something that, you know, you're going to decide today and in two weeks you're doing it. Um, There's a a long walk up to all of this, but there are are definitely benefits to to making changes like this and you know i as i alluded to on the the last show you know one of the things that that i see a lot of um you know with with guided pathways is you're really trying to put the student at the heart of your decision making and I know every college and university out there is saying, well, we do, we do, we do, but you and I have both been around enough to know that oftentimes decisions have been made for the, con- the convenience of the employees, the convenience of the college or university, and not always uh, with the, the success of students in mind.
1: Yes. Um, and, and, and so there are some systemic and somewhat historical reasons why we're here today, without blaming any particular person, right? When, when a lot of the funding used to be coming from federal sources, and those have been significantly decreased over the last few decades and, and transferred to uh, competitive grants, when states are trying to uh, to also do something similar again not blaming the reality of the situation so we've seen significant um shift in the budgeting of especially research universities and many more of the 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 re- universities that were not research are trying to emulate them because of the overheads uh, the indirect costs that they can garnish uh, from those federal um, and private grants, most especially uh, U.S. federal government grants uh, through the various agencies and, and departments. So it becomes addictive. You know, in the earlier part of the 20th century, uh, everybody was addicted to the money that was coming through the uh, Department of Agriculture you know, uh, and and they, there was a boom in the Colleges of Agriculture and Life Sciences across the nation. There were extension agents and whatnot. This is money that was coming from the feds. After the Second World War, there was uh, more of a push toward, um, and especially in the 60s and 50s, uh, 60s and 70s, more toward the uh, uh, engineering and whatnot. So there was a pursuance of of NASA and NSF uh, funding, and then under the uh, late uh, uh, Clinton and early uh, Bush administrations, that idea that we're going to be doubling the budget, uh, the the grant budget of uh, the National Institutes of Health, there was a huge push there, and you could see, you can watch the uh, the gauge of how much the indirect cost uh, that is skimmed off by. University system has gone up, 50, 60% now is not unheard of. So there are systemic changes that need to happen there in those budgets because when you do those things, people need to be focused on research and publication as their metric as opposed to the teaching. So those are systemic changes that, in my opinion, need to be addressed as well. Long story short, if we can't really say that the student is the center of our decision-making if our attention is predominantly somewhere else. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. We needed to go to the moon. We need a cure for diseases and what have you.
0: Absolutely. So we've been talking uh, throughout here this week the importance of higher ed in uh, rural locations. Um, we, We offered up some potential solutions to to give rural students more options uh, in today's show. If you enjoy topics like this, be sure and subscribe to us here on YouTube. Ring the bell down below so you get notified when we post new content. And of course, you can always find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.